What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, baby. (laughs) All right, my love. Hello. Did that surprise you? Yeah. Well, you know, we were we you were just talking. We were just having a normal conversation. Then all of a sudden, yeah, you were. It was sudden. It was right. It was premature. Right. Sure. Oh, hey. Oh, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Well, you know what, babe? That's a good point. Today, uh, we dive headfirst. Into the topic of premature ejaculation with our guest, Keely Rankin. Yeah. Not of the famous famous Rankin family, uh, different different Rankin, uh, mm-hmm. but Keely is a uh, sex educator in, um, uh, so, sorry, not sex educator, she's a sex therapist in yeah. uh, San Francisco, and her specialty is in uh, premature ejaculation, which was, I found really exciting to, to talk to her about that because... Um, uh, Premature ejaculation is something that I not that I something that I struggle with because I definitely wouldn't say that uh, at all. But it's it's something that I for sure have had experience with in my life, and I've always kind of wondered what people could do uh, to to help with that. And uh, she definitely dives dives in deep 
on that. Um, surprise, surprise. It has, you know, it has so much to do with it, a, a sort of mindfulness practice. It has everything to do with like everything we always talk about on this show. I know. It's so fascinating. And, like breath and... Um, as yeah, breath and uh, just and being relaxation present. and being present and yeah. observing sensations in your body. Uh-huh. And uh, we had that conversation with her. We're fil- we're recording this right now on on Tuesday, April fourteenth. And yesterday we spoke with Keely. And since we have, I have been like down this rabbit hole of um of kinesthetic learning style. She just briefly said it in in the conversation, and I right at the moment I can't remember the context. But when she said that, I was like kinesthetic. I, I think I think I think that was her. I heard her, it come from her mouth. But I was like, that is the experience of of like the physical sense of the like the physical physical sensations of the sort of like more internal of I don't know. I want to say fine tuned. Um, observation of your body and the more I went down this rabbit hole I was like what careers are good for kinesthetic learners and you know what does what does somatic um experience have to do with with uh kind of this like path I've already been on because we were talking about like being a yoga teacher and being actors and all this kind of stuff I was like oh my god this is there's got to be I have I have I'm one step away from from um from Googling the, like, what somatic sexuality is. So I'm going to do Somatic that right sexuality. That's a mouthful. It's got to be a thing, right? Yeah, yeah just, sure. I mean, I don't see why not. Are you looking it up right now? I'm looking it up right now. Somatic sex education. There you go. There you go. Well, fuck, babe. Why don't we, why don't we find a guest who could uh, come on the show and talk about that? That would be really interesting. Uh-huh. I will. I'm bookmarking all of these links right now. Um, yeah, I feel, uh, I feel, you know, it's funny, like talking to Keely made me, it, it made me actually kind of a little bit sad, um, because it made me, the more I think about sex in any way, the more, the more I, I, the more I realize how, I think I, I think I view the world through a lens of sexuality, like, like the majority of the time of my life it's like sex and laughter like those are the two like lenses that i see the world through like i'm a, i'm a fucking pervert and i and i'm and i and i can't take anything seriously like like that like that's basically my life in a nutshell and um you know the the laughter part the laughter part of life is is like it's so great for this current situation that we're in because mm-hmm. it's a, it's a great way to um, it's a great way to pass the time. You know, it's a great way to find distraction. It's a great way to, it's a big part of my work. So it's like, it's, it's, I spend a lot of time thinking about things that in, in the very least make me laugh. And it's been a godsend for like this quarantine time because I'm finding I'm spending much more time thinking about that sort of thing and and focusing on that uh, to kind of get through this hump. But then the sexual side of myself is like, it's like, it's it's putting a magnifying glass on this on this like quarantine thing in a way that I it 
I, I find it, it's really hard for me to, um, to mentally like wrap my head around or think about sexuality. Um, even, even like to sit down and record these podcasts. I'm like, Mm. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm sitting here before we record or like a couple days before we record and thinking of, of directions we can take our foreplay conversations. And I'm just like, it just, I just get really sad or like bummed out because I'm reminded, uh, about how long it's going to be before, before I have any sort of like physical contact with anyone. And, that conversation with Keely really like amplified that because a lot of the work that we, a lot of the the work that she talked about in, in specifically in, in like trying to combat uh, premature ejaculation, um, which, which I, you know, after she, she went through it, I was like, man, this is, this isn't just for people who, who ejaculate early. Like this is quality advice for anybody who is sexual. You know, like, mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter if you're a person with a penis, person with a vagina, like it, it doesn't matter who you are or what you identify as or what your issues are. Like the, all the things she was talking about were like really valuable, valuable lessons for a lover. Right. And so I, after that conversation with her, I was thinking a lot about the things that she had said and I just got so fucking bummed out because I was like, I was part part of me was like excited to um, apply those techniques to my lovemaking, but then this other part of me was like being reminded that like, dude, you're not gonna, you're not, you're not gonna make fuck for a very long time, and that's like I think. The that is literally I think, and this might sound really fucking silly to a lot of people listening, but I, I honestly think that's the hardest part about this entire thing for me right now. I have a challenge for you. Okay, I will take. I am. I am wide open. Um, you know how we just recorded a bunch of episodes uh, about people's no, no, year. I know. Of I know where you're going with this, and Becca said the same fucking thing. Which was like, okay, yeah, right, sorry. You know what? I cut you off. Explain, just explain, in case anyone's tuning in for the very first time, explain what you're talking about. Okay, so we we did a few episodes um, in a, a row that happened to mention, um, our guests had happened to have had a year of celibacy in their lives as something that we spoke about. And, um, you know, sometimes... And for the most part, it was like intentional celibacy. It was people, yeah. It was people who yeah. were going. You know what? I decided to take one year off of sex, and to at least it seemed like everyone who said that out of the fucking group of people that we talked to, and none of them knew each other, which was really bizarre that they all just happened to do this thing. I think it's an LA thing. I think that it's like I I take oat milk in my lattes now, and I don't have sex this year. Um, but, but it, they, I think the, the reason why they were all doing it was because they wanted to have a different outlook on what sex meant, like how sex played a role in their life, you know, like to change their, to just explore what their perspective on sex and what it means to them. At least that's what I got from Annabelle. Um, yeah, it would also seem to be true that some people (laughs) were intentionally taking a break from like sexual like relationships and and dating and sex yeah. and 
and it became a year you know it wasn't necessarily that it set out to be that Mm -hmm. but it became that and um i don't know i'm just a big believer in um synchronicity and and you know different things coming into our sphere at specific times to sort of mentally prepare us for something (coughs) i just maybe wonder if if uh you know because even if, if if it was maybe it's only going to be a matter of months, you know. But but what what if you you made it really intentional? And you're like, yeah. you know what? I'm actually gonna I'm gonna put a goal on this. Yeah. Right. Okay. So so here. So let me uh, spin I, it. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. I'm with you here. But let me. Um, just say no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm I like I said, I'm wide open. But let's let's spitball here. Um if I decided to do that, I think that it would go without saying that I would also I would also need to practice celibacy from from like masturbation as well. Like full like full on celibacy. I don't think that's good for your prostate. My prostate? What the fuck? Dude, my prostate's fine i i'm not gonna live long enough to have fucking prostate issues okay and if i do then that's great good content for sick boy um uh so so if i didn't if i didn't get myself off at all here's my thing here's my thing does this does if i did that would this also mean no like skype sex or like facetime sex is that is yeah yeah? so so then what does so what does becca do right yeah. Do I have to throw this on her too? Well, no. I mean, I, mean, I guess she guys, could. She could. She could get it elsewhere. You guys negotiate. Yeah, you'd have to negotiate your own. Your own. Yeah. Take on that. I, I wouldn't want to be involved in that conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you can write into the show for advice, and I'll uh, and I'll give you my <laughs> yeah with um, my, my true thoughts on it. No, I mean, yeah, true. That's fair. I mean, it's not super convenient. It's not a super convenient option. Some people don't have a choice. Because mm. um, it, it's one thing to do that while you're single, but then to do that in a relationship. I mean, again, I'm not. I'm not true. against it. I'm not against it. But it's 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 uh, it, like all things in in the world of our, like relationships. Uh, it's complicated, <laughs> uh, yeah. especially like in in our world. Um, but uh, you know, it's I I when you say it, when you bring it up, because I, I I'm. I, the reason I reacted as soon as you were bringing it up is because I've already fucking I've already went there I've already thought about this I, I have been thinking about this and I I think about it too like um like about taking time off drinking you know like what if I just stop what if I didn't drink uh if I didn't have a drop of alcohol for like you know a full month which very doable you know I could I'm sure I could do it no problem um. But I, I just I like it too much. Like I don't want to not. It's not my favorite. It's way. not my favorite way, and I want to. Yeah, I want to. <laughs> I just want to. I want to drink. Like you know, I I'm drinking a beer right now as we speak. Um, right. I, I you know, and like I want to. I want to. I want to come. I love coming. I'm coming right now as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, okay, so... But again, I, don't take that as me saying that I don't want to do it. 
Because mm-hmm. there, there, there is something that's a little exciting about the idea of like, well, what would it be like? I'm just trying to give you a sense of control yes. over the situation. Yes. I understand I think, that. Yeah. You know, like the taking a month off drinking, I get it. Like I've done, I did like a good strong three weeks and then kind of like had a glass of wine in my fourth week and then the next three weeks were just like so much wine every day not so (laughs) much wine every day but like you know every day and I have that I ask myself that too I'm like what what is this like what is this taking my energy from because it does expend energy it it means that I'm not well suited to do certain things I I don't really I don't really love sex when I'm drunk right Um, and and you know and it makes me a little slower in the morning which is normally like a very productive time for me do you love sex uh on weed yes mm-hmm. yeah very much and why do you think you don't like sex while intoxicated drunk i don't um i don't i, I never come right but on weed you do yeah hmm. yeah i have more fuller more fuller body uh, orgasms yeah. on weed. I, yeah. the, I I would love to we should I would love to have someone on the show at some point to talk about actually we should we should ring up Nicole Hodges and talk to her about sex and uh and and drugs. drugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'd be a she's she'd be a great guest for that. Anyway, uh that's not uh self produce here while we're talking to our audience. Um Yeah, interesting. I, I like I like drunk sex. I like I like weed sex i like psychedelic sex i like it all i like i really like sober sex it's all fun what about um this is this is totally out out of left field maybe but what about um putting that energy into like do you feel like it's coming out of you in creative ways instead uh elaborate what what do you mean what's your create what's your like creativity level at right now on a scale of one to ten on a scale of one to ten, it's uh, it's probably pretty pretty low, you know. Like I feel like I'm a bit trapped in the in the. Um, I I don't want to get like too too bore. I don't want to bore our listeners here, but it, I I'm 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 a little full on with like the the producing side of things. Um, with running the two podcasts, and now that Sick Boy's doing you know, two, sometimes three episodes a week now. It's like, I'm, I'm constantly just editing and like, mm. and like emails and, and fucking like the production side. So like the creativity side of me feels a little, um, a little sti- stifled. Um, but the day, be, because I'm on my microdosing uh, schedule right now, the days that I dose, it goes through the roof creatively. So, I also just might have booked a talk, like my first virtual, like Zoom-based speaking gig, and um, and I got to put something together in like the next two weeks, um, and so that's like that's I I'm hoping that's going to light a fire under my ass because that's a quick turnaround for like thirty minutes of of you know that's a thirty minute set that yeah. I need to like pr- produce out of nowhere. So I I don't know, like I. Do you, like do you think that do you do you think that if I went celibate slash went like 
What do you call not jerking off? Is that celibacy too? Yeah, I think so. Hashtag yeah. nofap. If I hashtag nofapped and I was mm. celibate, um, do you think that that would like increase my creative drive? I think only if you find other ways physically, especially of mm. sort of replacing that, um, that kind of exercise really like, like just uh, like hip thrusts on the couch or something like that. <laughs> yeah. If you just take up <laughs> couch humping, um, <laughs> no, but like, you know, think acting school, like think right. like, like actually like inhabiting your body in a way that is, um, that is playful. Mm. That is, um, you know, not it, it isn't sex but you still feel that kind of swirling internal energy mm. of your whole body being involved in something sort of physical and and maybe even like silly and pleasurable mm-hmm. like like just just think of your average voice movement class in in acting school and like let your body be inhabited by like a i don't know a like a magic carpet or something. You know, I have no idea. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Yeah, well. I've been trying to find those little moments of play for myself in the last few days, especially since this conversation too with with Keely. Like, and I've been doing a lot more yoga as as well. So just like, fuck, ugh, just getting Mm. down, getting getting more playful and and, um, less structured or rigid in my body. Well, I think it's something that, uh, you know, I'll chew on it this week and, uh, maybe next week I'll have a, a bit of a, more of an answer of whether or not, maybe I'll take, yeah. maybe I'll, maybe, maybe this is a, ch- a challenge worth taking on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you got a, you got a brain boner there. You want to move on to yeah. something, something else? Here, here we go. Okay. So this is a little bit of a, of a long one. Came in on my birthday, which was back in February, end of February in the before time. This is a really creaky chair, hey? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, just noticing. Just noticing the <laughs> sound oh, in the background. Good, good noticing. Um, okay. Oh, actually, before we get going, um, I'm going to switch chairs. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but good, also, good call. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, because my my my, uh, my microphone might unplug and I might lose All right, just, just fuck it. Just, just try not to rock back and forth in it. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> okay. Yesterday, I was at my... Um, my mom's house, which was my grandmother's house, which is now my mom and my dad's house. <laughs> and, right. uh, <laughs> and, um, and I, my dad, you know, I've been giving him a little bit of, um, CBD and THC oil, um, just to like, like really microdosing, mm-hmm. um, to see if it does anything for his pain or for his sleeplessness or his appetite or any of that stuff. And, um, so yesterday I gave him literally like point. 20.25 of a milliliter quarter of a milliliter and um and and a couple of hours later he was he spends a lot of time on the floor like in child's pose or like moving crawling from one room to another which he, he's always done like my whole life um spends a lot of time on the floor and so he's in the bathroom and he starts cleaning the bathroom floor and then he decides he's going to clean the kitchen floor and he's just on like a te- he's on a tear right. getting things done he's got the toolkit out yep. talking to me about how important it is for um things to go back 
where they go, belong when mm-hmm. you're done with them. Yep. Like very stern. Hammer. Got to go back in the toolkit. Toilet seat and end cover down when you're done. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm learning all kinds of things that I, I didn't realize I inherited from him. But So he's down and rooting around and looking for cleaning products. So I get down on my hands and knees and I start looking for... for cleaning products and I found two very interesting things. One, a box of N95 masks and Whoa. two, two, my grandmother had a big thing for um, um, back, for massagers, back massagers and, uh, and back scratchers and I found this. Oh my fucking God. You were in her- so people can't see this, but Bridie literally just pulled up, and on the back of it, it says four ninety nine from Value from Village, four ninety nine, not four hundred ninety nine dollars, but four dollars and ninety nine cents. The price is right for basically a, it is it's a fucking magic wand. It is a it is a Hitachi. I mean, it says body wand, and it's a different brand, but that is a does yeah. the, is the head of it like that same kind of rubber? Dude, uh, that is a or is that like a hard plastic? It's it's more of a hard plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, but, fuck, but you could see it, you the could... whole thing kind of bobbles Whoa, around. Whoa, dude! Oh my god, yeah. t- turn it on, turn it on right now. Okay, hang is on, it plugged in? Second. No, it's not plugged in. Hang on, I gotta plug it in. What yeah, you gotta, you the gotta look at this actual school, fuck? Look at that look thing. This old school plug. It's funny because I've well, been taking well, it's other. Well, it's not that old school because Becca has a magic wand and it comes with the same plug. It's like a it's like your standard wall outlet plug. Yeah. This is so crazy. Okay, hang on. So where this was in the kitchen, like under the sink? No, 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 no. It was in the bathroom. Oh Wait. my fuck! Oh my god! Oh my god! Dude, this is probably so. So here's the thing: is the the magic wand, the Hitachi, which I'm sure yeah. a ton of our listeners have at home. Whether you have the the wireless or the wire or the corded one, yeah. it has like it has a it has like a a switch like a like an on off switch and i think yeah. the, the on off has like two clicks so like one click is like power is like power one and then two clicks is power two and like power one is like heavy duty and then power two is like like ludicrous mode right so it's like yeah. there's only high 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 yeah but this thing that you have there has a wheel so it goes it from like wh- it, you click it, has it on a wheel and it has a quite a range yeah you you wheel it all the way down or all the way up Dude, get the fuck out of here. That thing looks like it was made in like 1973. Yep. Do you think your uh do you think your nana used that on her hoo-ha? I don't know. I mean, is I don't think I I don't know. Maybe. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> we got to like we got to frame that or something. No, maybe, no, that's my inheritance. Yeah. Bring yeah. bring that home. Let's fucking put that up somewhere. I should probably find out if it's my mom's first actually. Since she lives there too. Okay, well, uh, that was great. <laughs> you enjoyed that. I did enjoy that. Okay, we still have time for a brain boner. Uh, sure. Let's uh, let's bang one out real quick. Okay, banging it out. Um, hey guys. So my brain boner maybe isn't that exciting, but I'm hoping to uh, make it on the podcast with it, as it's legit on my mind every day, and I have no idea what to do with my relationship slash life. 
I am married and I have a two and a half year old son with my husband. Our sex life has never been great. He's younger than me, not very experienced, has a low libido, and has never been that interested in exploring things sexually. I, on the other hand, am older, have had a lot of partners, have explored some wild things sexually, including BDSM, wax play, tie-up, leather, real handcuffs, public sex, you get the picture. I have also always been interested in open relationships, though I have never actually been in one. Even though our sex life was very mediocre and blah, I proceeded with my relationship with my husband as we were happy together in other ways and I just masturbated more often to make sure I was still being taken care of sexually. Fast forward two years and I got pregnant and had a baby. Totally lost all my libido. Not just some, but every little last bit of it. I also struggled with postpartum depression and anxiety and some health issues for two years after my pregnancy, which didn't help any of this. Needless to say, our sex life became even worse than it had been prior to having the baby. On top of this, we also got married a year after I had the baby. So here we were, newlyweds with a one-year-old baby, depressed wife, husband with an ongoing low libido, and a very, very slow sex life. I should mention that throughout the time of planning our wedding until now, I've been listening to your podcast and understanding more and more about having open relationships and what it means and what it looks like. And I have been sharing this information with my husband. He is 1000% against the idea and cannot even begin to understand how people could do this. He is very traditional and honestly pretty fucking boring. Regardless of us not agreeing on this topic, I have continued to bring it up many times, probably once or twice a week now for over a year. I am just hoping and grasping at the possibility that he might find some interest in opening up our relationship. As of right now, we haven't had sex in probably months. It is to the point now that it is so awkward, like I cannot even imagine trying to have sex with him. The desire just really isn't there anymore. I think we do really love each other still, and I love our family together. Our son is so perfect, and I enjoy our family dynamic, but don't really have the sexual desire for him anymore. I've tried to suggest to him that he should open up and maybe try to find a girlfriend or a fun girl to fulfill his sexual desires so that he can be fulfilled sexually since I am not really up to the task. But he is still insisting that he doesn't want to have sex with anyone but me. It is creating so much pressure for me. Recently, I've noticed a peak in my libido, but not with my husband. It was with a weird friend of mine. Oh, it was no, no, I added weird. She didn't say weird. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about it was that. With some weirdo. <laughs> it was with a friend of mine who I do have feelings for, and the feelings are mutual. We're both married and both wish that our spouses would open up to have open relationships. I think the reason we feel so close to one another is because of this understanding we have about the topic. But regardless, this that but regardless, this that I feel a spike in my libido with this person makes me realize that my libido is not totally gone and that maybe my husband just isn't fulfilling my sexual desires for me and he never really has been, which is no surprise to me. I have always known this all along. I will continue to try and push the open relationship topic to him in hopes that he will come around and we can both be happy and find fulfillment in all aspects of our lives. But then I realized, then I listened to your most recent episode, Do Y'all Even Fuck? And then I found out that you guys don't. 
And now, oh my God, I cannot thank you enough for being honest about this hmm. because it made me realize that I can totally be married and happy and not have a sexual relationship with my husband. That it is totally possible to find fulfillment and happiness in your marriage, but have your sexual needs met in other relationships. Thank you. I have realized that I am such a lover and I just love to pe explore people's bodies. I want to explore men, women, new, old. I want to explore. I love exploring, but I also love having a home base as well. So I guess my brain boner question is this. Do you think that I should continue to push the topic of opening my relationship with my husband in hopes that he comes around to the idea? And if so, how long do I try this for? I don't want to break up my family over my sexual desires and need to explore, but I also don't want to live live a life of lies and unmet needs. Lots of love. <sighs> um, yeah. It's... Yeah, I The to answer the question of um, how long, okay, so like, yes, we came out publicly and we said that we, you and I, are married. We love each other very, very much. Um, we, you know, like, I, I've never loved anyone more than I love you, Brady. Um, but you and I haven't had sex in a couple of years. Yeah, and. That um, and you feel the same way, or, or I'm speaking for you, but I assume you will also love me, you know, <laughs> more than you've ever loved anyone else, or in in a in a more in a way that you've never loved anyone else. Um, mm -hmm. Yet, and you feel fine with the fact that we haven't had sex in a couple of years. Um, mm -hmm. That's the big part about that equation is that it's a two way street. You and I both feel the same way, which is we love each other, but we're also totally okay with the fact that we sleep with other people. And that we don't have sex. Yeah. Right now, it sounds pretty darn locked in for our listener here, her husband, that he's super not into that idea whatsoever. Mm -hmm. the, the only way that that will ever work is if he gets on board with that. And this idea of non-monogamy or you know, ethical non-monogamy or open relationships or polyamory, whatever, whatever you want to label it. Um, uh, it, it's a two way street. It doesn't work unless both people are, are fully engaged and fully open and fully ready to like take that on and communicate about it. And having said that, it's also not for everyone. Some people just, some people just, it's just not for them. Um, and you there, no matter how hard you try, you're never going to change that person's mind. Um, mm -hmm. if they are that person that it's not for them. Yeah. So, you know, this whole idea, the question of like, I don't want to break up my family, but also it, like for my sexual needs, um, I totally get that. But at the same time, if you try and you try and you try and your husband says no 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 um the chances are super high that you're going to break up your family uh due to due to a host full of other really not fun and like drama filled reasons i.e. infidelity which it seems mm -hmm. like you're already kind of towing the line there. Um, 
So, you know, it, it, I feel like uh, I feel like she's in a really hard position here because um, you clearly are coming in. T- you clearly are a human being who has this side of you that is being completely stifled because of the confines of your relationship. And you have no way to express that part of yourself. Um, and I for sure would never suggest that, well it's it, you're you're probably better off to to silence that part of yourself and keep your relationship try to keep your relationship going um for the sake of like your child or your family because i think that's i actually think that's just like full bullshit um some people just aren't meant to be together and and no one should ever be should ever feel like they can't be their authentic self especially in any sort of sexual situation just because um just because of certain circumstances that exist like having a partner who doesn't allow that side of yourself to exist um even if there is a child involved because uh i think that in in time it will just end up coming back and and haunting you and then in turn you know that child's just going to get hurt because uh, the the relationship ended in a really poor way. Um, yeah, and what do you want them? What do you want your kid to learn about, know about sexuality? Yeah, and and relationships that you <clears throat> you didn't know. It, it, and, I mean, the, the other thing too is like it also sounds like. I, and again, you know, look, people, we know we're not fucking experts here. We're just giving like friend advice. Um, I don't know. I don't know this person and I don't know her, her husband, but it sounds like your husband's like a bit of a square, you know, like a bit shy, a a little bit reserved, a little bit closed off. Um, you know, I feel like everybody is capable of change. Um, everybody is flexible to some degree. And so, you know, maybe there is space, maybe there is space to, to, um, to explore another side of, of himself. Um, you know, like when she first laid out like what he was like versus what she was like, I was like, Oh God, that, that just sounds like he's intimidated by, you know, especially, especially if she was like, Oh, if she came into their relationship, it was like, Oh yeah, I was a total fucking freak before I met you. Like I was doing, you know, BDSM wax play people, you know, I was having threesomes whatever. And he's like, Jesus Christ, I've only had sex with two people and it's, it was missionary every time. And not that there's anything wrong with missionary. I mean, that's my favorite position. Um, but like, um, you know, like maybe he's just, maybe he's just self-conscious. I don't know. And if that is the case, maybe there is room for like, maybe there's wiggle room there. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I feel pretty strongly about like, if, if there's, if this is, if you get to a point where you realize that your husband for sure, without a doubt, will not, um, like, he's just not going to go for exploring any of that with you, um, Man, you better be like one thousand percent positive that you can handle that without building any sort of resentment and going mm-hmm. forward and being like fully okay with with like killing that side of yourself, which to me just sounds fucking impossible. That sounds impossible and sounds awful, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I um, I you know not as an expert, certainly not as an expert, but as a just 
I, I, I don't know. It's just, it kind of sounds to me like you're over that relationship. In fact, it, mm. do, it doesn't even look, seem like you've been that into it. The way that you're writing, you've written it sounds quite a bit like you, um, you aren't, you've, you've, he's pretty fucking boring, you know? That's how I mean, you, I think that was literally, I, th- I think there, that verbatim, I think that was literally what was said. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and the thing is, is like, that might be, that might, might be true. You know, it's, it, it's, I, I don't, we don't, this guy's not here to speak up for himself or anything like that. But a, a lot of the feeling that I get when I read your words is like this, this feeling that like you're kind of repelled actually mm. by this person. Mm-hmm. And, that sounds like um, if you do want to bounce, like I don't, I don't think you honestly, I don't, I don't think you have a hope in the world of convincing this guy to be in an open relationship. Yeah, it doesn't sound like I think that, it. I think that ta- bringing it up twice a week for a year sounds really intense. Um, I that would shut me down so fast, uh, and. Yeah, and wait, what? So, two times a week for a year? How has he not lost his mind and been like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this relationship? Like, like I, yeah. I that makes me like, has he not just been like, you know, what is what, like, did is the response from him just ever like two, two times a week, every week, just like, ugh, no. <laughs> Yeah, well, no you know, wonder, or like no wonder you're you're not having sex because <laughs> that is like such a combative yeah thing yeah. to have twice a week you yeah. know and I and I get it when there's a lot of pressure mm. on you or anybody and this is the thing this is one of the things I love that Esther Perel says she's like you're neither of you are wrong you're both right yeah 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 exactly like yeah there, there's again like I was saying earlier it's it, it's it's not for everyone. Like there's some people that just, it's just not, it's just not their bag and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's so okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and sorry, I didn't mean to like laugh at your relationship. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to do that. I was just thinking in my head, like I put myself, I was putting, <laughs> I was putting myself in his shoes. And if someone was saying the same thing to me twice a week, every <laughs> week for a year where I just was like, I'm not, okay, I'm not into this. I think I probably, I, pro- I probably would have fucking run for the hills. Like, you know, three weeks in. Um, uh, but yes, sir. I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't laughing at you. It is it, 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 like, it's a really rough, it's a rough fucking position to be in, especially, yeah. especially with the, with the kid, you know, it's like, I don't want to be like leave your family. No, but also I think it is fair to say at some points in your life, well, like we'll all be better off if yeah yeah yep Uh, like a hundred a thousand percent yeah 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 well hope. That's a, <laughs> that's a heavy answer. <laughs> now listen, listen. Oh. I want to point out that 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 email came in on my birthday, which is February twenty sixth mm-hmm. in the before time. So this this is there's been a couple of months of development and a quarantine. Yes, already. Yeah, having an effect on this whole situation. So, friend, I'm not gonna say your name because you didn't explicitly say that um, yeah. I could. Uh, can you can uh, you imagine if the quarantine was the thing that just like just sparked their sexual relationship back into high gear? You know, like, mm-hmm. 
I wonder. I don't know. I mean, I was, I was, yeah, yeah, totally. I was, I was more a little like fatalistic on, on my, ah, I like to, I like to try to be a little more optimistic in these weird but times. I think that's great. Good for you. Yeah. That's great. You know, you know, we all react to it in, in different ways. We it do. does. Again, another thing Esther Pearl says, some of us want to be held. Some of us want to be isolated. Mm-hmm. Anywho. Well, that was great. Um, thank you for uh, sending us that very intense uh, and very, very layered brain boner. If you have any sort of uh, brain boner that you would like to send to us, if you'd like to get our unprofessional friend to friend advice, um, we would love to hear it. Uh, turn me on podcast at gmail.com. Send it our way. Um, don't, don't send the brain boners to Instagram because. Um, it's just, it's just, just let's keep it all it to the email. Buried. Yeah, it gets buried. Yeah. buried. Send your send your booty pics to Instagram. Those will definitely get uh, found there. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll say that. Uh, well, let's throw it to this week's episode. I'm so excited. Uh, Keely Rankin, sexual coach from San Francisco, tells us all about premature ejaculation and what you can do to work yourself out of that situation. But also, like I said earlier fuck all that noise this is like anybody and everybody who has sex should take this advice and try to implement it into their sex life let your asshole breathe that's all i'm gonna it say so- it sounds very tantric mm-hmm. yeah it definitely does um and uh we hope you enjoy this this conversation and hey listen you know we're speaking to keely she's in san francisco i mean if you're if you're living in bangladesh and you're listening right now and you're going i i i would make a good guest for turn me on podcast we want to hear from you. So either go to our website and hit the contact us button there and submit your application or send us an email and let us know why you want to come on the show and have a, a chit chat with the two of us. I guess we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. See you on the other side. Hello, Keely. How are you? I'm great. Hello. Uh, you're coming to us from uh, the the Bay Area. Are you down in San Francisco? Cool. I am in San Francisco proper. Very cool. I is love that, San Francisco. So do I. It's such a beautiful city. It really it is. It's an incredible city. It's very special. How are you long from have there? you? Uh, be, yeah, you've been down. You've been down there for your whole life, or? Um, I was born north of here, and then moved down here for my grad school program. So I've been here. About ten years now, I think. And you're, um, you said you went to grad school there, and that is for your current practice, right? Correct. Yes, I have my master's in counseling psychology. So, Keely, you are a sex and relationship coach. I uh, am a sex of... and relationship coach. All right. Yeah. Tell <laughs> us. Have you always? Is that what you wanted to be when you grew up? Did you know? Um, Sort of. I was deciding between, I I grew up riding horses. And so I sort of always assumed I'd be a professional horse rider, which is like saying you're going to be a professional athlete. It's kind of a a crazy statement to make as a six-year-old. A Hollywood Um, actor? Something (laughs) something like that. Um, And so I had always planned on riding horses. And I had a, a class in college and my teacher was like, well, if you weren't going to ride horses, like, what else do you think you'd do? And I was like, well, I'd like to talk about sex. It was one of the kids in high school that everyone would come to and ask questions about sex. And I was giving like tutorials on blowjobs at like 14. 
And so you sort of end up discovering a lot of things about people and you learn a lot about sex early on when you're the person or the kid that everyone comes to. Um, so when I decided not to become a professional horse rider, I went through a whole array of questions, what I wanted to do, what I wanted my life to look like. And I landed on like, well, I guess I should go back to that idea of, you know, being a sex therapist. Um, and eventually landed in a sex coaching position. Wow. I can't, I don't, I wouldn't have even known that, um, that that job existed. I don't think probably until very you know, recently, probably within the last, like, I don't know, 10 years or so. That's yeah. It's, ex- it's exploded in the last 10 years for sure. And it sort of existed for uh, like, therapists were mostly holding that role of like talking about sexuality with their clients. But what started happening is a lot of therapists didn't actually want to talk about sexuality with their clients. And so there'd be these subspecialties of therapists that would work around sexuality. Um, But yeah, I just knew coming out the gate, I was like, I don't, I do enjoy talking about other things with clients, of course, at at this point, but I always knew I wanted to focus on sexuality. It's captured my attention from as long as I can remember almost or just as much as the horses had. So it's wild to say hmm. you focus on sexuality because it it's like such a huge broad subject in itself. It is a huge, a ginormous subject. It's like impossible to to like be a specialist in all of the the areas actually, I believe. One thing that I'm kind of dying to talk to you about is the the whole take on premature ejaculation, um, yes. which which so you, to you seem to that. have like a bit of a <laughs> bit of like a specialty in. Um, <laughs> I do. Can you can you describe? Can you tell us first of all? I want to know how does someone specialize in premature ejaculation? How does that uh, come up? Yeah. Well, actually, it's interesting because we started this conversation with, uh, you know, how big of a topic sexuality really is, and mm. and so when I started working with sexuality, I was like, okay, this is a huge topic. Where do I start? I don't want someone to just show up in my office with all of these things. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to pick one thing that feels like it could have, um, you know, a a certain amount of people coming in so I can get experience, but I'm not like spanning the whole realm of of sexuality. And so I, I just sort of picked early ejaculation on the wheel and, and <laughs> wheel of fortune just fucking landed next to bankrupt you've got premature ejaculation well one of, one of my very first sexual partners struggled with early ejaculation um and so it was something i was really familiar with in my body mm. and i knew what a big component that was in in the 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 couple's experience mm-hmm. and so um i just sort of like jumped in and started working with a a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of men around early ejaculation and eventually found a sort of a five-step system that works. And um, if it's followed, it's not like a pill. You have to actually like learn how to do it, like learning to do a handstand. Mm. Um, but but I, I've seen people who were, you know, suicidal and had moved home with their parents and given up on life and decided Jesus. they were never going to date again, come back, you know, essentially from the dead. And all all because all because of early ejaculation. Yeah. Yeah. Can can you just describe like I I feel like probably most of the people listening have an idea of what premature ejaculation consists of. But like Mm -hmm. what would be considered within the realm of early ejaculation? So the way I talk about it with people is actually I, I normally say early ejaculation just because it's happening earlier than you want it to. And 
the, normally what I talk about with people is like, do you feel like you have a sense of control around when you want to release? So it, there can be this question of like, if you're lasting 10 minutes, is that, would that be early ejaculation if you feel like you don't have control? Well, if you're lasting 10 minutes, you probably feel like you do have some sense of control. But it's, mm. a, it's really this idea that as arousal moves in, the, in um, a man's body, as he gets more and more turned on, can he actually feel where he's at in terms of knowing like, oh yeah, I'm ready to move towards orgasm or no, I'm not quite ready yet. I want to sort of stay in this feeling. Right. And, um, you know, what I've discovered is that for the men who struggle with early ejaculation is like they have no idea. It's like they go from zero to orgasm in a blink of an eye without any, ex actually any experience of the pleasure. It, it's pretty heartbreaking, actually, when I, when I sit with a new client and I learn their story because they aren't having the experience of sex being fun. Like they are mm -hmm. having the experience of like, going into it is really scary because they know they're going to have to do this thing that isn't going to go well. And then in the middle of it, they're panicking because they don't, they're not enjoying it because they know what's coming, which is this quick release. And on the other side is a lot of disappointment and shame. Yeah. It's this total fucking head game. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've been there. I, I mean, I've mm -hmm. been in it. Like yeah. I, it's, I have a weird relationship to, to early ejaculation because I for sure, it's like, it's a crapshoot for me. Like sometimes I'll go into a sexual encounter and it will be, you know, I'll feel like uh, I've like tapped into some sort mm -hmm. of, some sort of like, it's, it's always like, you know what I, I, I think of it as like, um, as if I'm trying to read like hieroglyphs mm -hmm. and uh, some days I have the like, the 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 code the, reader the code reader <laughs> and then some days i don't and when mm -hmm. i don't have the code reader it's like i go in and it's it is that like zero to 100 and that might that zero to 100 might happen 20 minutes in mm. or it might happen like the first you know whatever three minutes into the encounter yeah. but then sometimes i feel like i have this full like i have this i have this this ability to read and like I have this ability to read those hieroglyphs with the code reader. And I'm like, no, yeah, this is cool. I'm in full control. I yeah. can, this is like, let's see how far we can yeah. take this. Mm -hmm. But I would say that's like a, it's like a, it's like a 70, mm. 30 mm -hmm. kind of split there. Yeah. Uh, 30 being the, like, I feel like I'm reading into it. Right. 70 being, <sighs> I don't feel like, like you are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So and it's oftentimes with it, it's 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 with new partners where where I'm I'm really bad at it. But with like course, a partner yeah. that I've had for a long time, it's like okay, yeah, no, I got this. You yeah, be, be, yeah. So two things. One is that I normally tell people just in general, like we want like your um, connection to your erotic self to go the way that you would imagine it going about 80% of the time. And then there's just mm. going to be 20% of the time where your body is not a light switch. It doesn't just perform because you decide right now is the time you want it to perform, you know, at eight o'clock at night after you've been at work all day sitting in a chair. <laughs> right. um, so we sort of, sort, I, I normally talk about like an 80% success. So eight out of the 10 experiences you have, you feel, you feel connected to your body. And, um, it's very, first off, I just want to name, it's really, really normal to have your body do sort of different different things with a new partner than with a partner that you've been with for a while because of that safety piece. Sure. And um, for, for men who struggle with early ejaculation, 
essentially it's a, a fight or flight response in the body. The nervous system gets activated and the anxiety and the tension gets to a certain point where you can't actually feel what's happening in your body anymore. And when we're with a new partner, there's so much new things to learn and we're, are we going to be good enough? What are they going to think about our bodies? Am I going to have the right moves? There's all of this new stuff to figure out. And so anxiety can get heightened, which mm. can then make early ejaculation and the connection to the body more difficult. And if we're not connected to our bodies, we can't control our ejaculation is the premise of my, my theory or my model. So, Turn me on. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. 
ejaculating quickly. Yeah, I used to think of puppies when I when I was younger, and I was like, I think I think the way to do this is just think about yeah. think about animals, <laughs> think think about cute dogs. Yeah, and then you ultimately end up with with a with a person who's then not even connected to their erotic experience, yeah. right? You go through this thing, and you're thinking about puppies, and you missed the whole point of the yeah, connection. T- yeah, totally. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah. yeah so I teach a, a breath that. Um, really, really allows the body to settle and slow down. The second part or the second uh, step is learning what's called the anal breath. So, (laughs) yeah, I know. I get a lot of like people. Is this that step two? Step two, anal breath. Okay. Holy fuck. Anal breath. Can can that be the title of this episode, Bridie? Anal (laughs) breath. Perfect. (laughs) Step two, step two, anal breath. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny. I, I, I talk about this so frequently, I forget that that's like a, a strange thing to say. Um, <laughs> people always can like, I, can, I, can I take a stab at it? Is it, it, does it? Does it have to do with like, um, does it have to do with uh, your, like engaging your perineum or anything like that? Like, is this, is this like a, uh, uh, like, like engaging your sphincter type type of idea or is this something completely different um sort of you're you're heading in the right direction so the anal breath is all about being able to release the pelvic floor sometimes it's talked about as like a reverse kegel i don't use the word kegel because once you mention kegels people end up down this whole road and a lot of a lot of men who've struggled with early ejaculation actually believe that kegels are the pathway i don't even know where this came from somewhere along the way the internet Someone yeah, starts saying yeah, get really it, strong kegels and you'll be it. able to control, like you'll just squeeze yeah. and somehow you'll stop your ejaculation. It is the opposite of actually what happens when you overstrengthen your kegels. It's actually going to increase the speed in which you, you ejaculate. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to do with the whole system is to calm everything down. And if I was to scare you, like if I was to walk in the room and scare you, your whole pelvis would actually tighten, right? And your right. asshole would tighten. So learning how to actually release the, the asshole is actually this releasing of the whole bottom part of the pelvic floor and really dropping your energy like it, almost down and, mm-hmm. and towards the earth, essentially. And so the, I sort of teach the, the anal breath in, in two steps, but the, the first part is just learning how to feel into your asshole and learning how to actually breathe into that area. People have a lot of shame around their assholes. No one really ever talks about them. Um, and so even just learning how to do that really, really increases relaxation. And essentially what we want to think about through the whole erotic experience or what an early ejaculator wants to think about through the whole experience is keeping the asshole relaxed, actually. And what's so interesting when you start to talk to people about this and they start to track their bodies, either in masturbation or a partner experience, they'll notice like, oh, wow, I am, I tighten my asshole the whole time. Like it's just just automatically tight. And what happens when, when a human orgasms, um, actually our pelvic floor muscles tighten. So we have an internal sphincter and an external sphincter and they, they sort of sit on top of each other. The external sphincter we can consciously release. Like right now, if you just think about like releasing your asshole, you can release that. The internal will stay will stay tight unless something's There's going. There's thousands down of people it. right thousands. now listening to this, and they're all just going, Boom. Like, yeah, yeah, they're all great. Like, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let your assholes breathe. And we people. want actually, yeah. And what what happens a lot for for men who are struggling with early ejaculation because the the fight or flight system is is kicking on. 
is that their asshole stays tight the whole time, which means they're that much closer to orgasm. To move to orgasm, mm. your your sphincter will tighten. It will involuntary contract. That is actually what an orgasm is, is the involuntary contraction of the pelvic floor muscles. And so if we can actually keep that relaxed the whole time, then it's it makes it easier to stay in control of your orgasm. And then there's mm. a second part to the to the anal breath that I'll get to in a second. So the third step is learning your arousal and anxiety curves. So the arousal curve is, is based on how hard is your cock on a scale from one to 10. One is I'm feeling erotic energy, but I'm not really, don't really feel a ton of movement in my cock. Four is I'm hard enough to penetrate, which is like the penis test would be like you press down on your cock. And if it doesn't bend too much, you'd be able to get it inside of something. That's a four. And nine is the point of no return and 10 is orgasm. So it's actually learning inside of your body, what does it feel like when you're at all of those different levels of arousal? Right. And then learning your anxiety curve and knowing where you are inside of your body with your anxiety. And that's actually where the breath becomes really, really, really super important because breath is going to help you feel what's happening inside of your body. Mm. And when, when the body starts to tighten, we want to be able to locate that instantly, whether that's, um, oh, my hands are tightening or my legs are tightening or my stomach's tightening or my pelvis is clenching or I'm feeling tightening in my chest. I mean, there's all different areas where the tension can show up, but it's being able to locate that almost in instantaneously and allowing that to release and, and tracking it. And what what happens a lot for men who struggle with early ejaculation is as their arousal goes up, their anxiety is paired with it. I call it they're, they're married together. Mm. And once we cross over that five on the anxiety curve, the body is in a full fight or flight response and it, it, the nervous system floods and the panic sets in and we sort of leave this cognitive ability to stay center and present and open to our system and, and actually connected with pleasure because now we're, we're not connected to our pleasure in our bodies. And so it's really learning um, how to actually um, know where you're at on those and begin to separate out the arousal curve from the anxiety curve. Mm. Um, the fourth step is learning to surf the sweet spot. And so what that means is actually learning how to go up and down on your arousal curve. So let's just say... Um, you notice when you get to a six on your anxiety curve or on your arousal curve, so your six at, at, at your turn on and your anxiety just takes off from there, we would actually want you to learn how to breathe yourself back down. And that's through the use of step two, which is that anal breath that we talked about. Mm -hmm. And so you turn your attention to your asshole, use that breath and it actually will drop you down your arousal curve and also move that anxiety back down. Mm. And what it looks like to have mastery of, of, you know, step four, which is going up and down the arousal curve is that you can get up to an eight on your arousal curve and you notice like, oh, I'm not quite ready to move to the nine and the, and the point of no return and orgasm. So you turn towards your anal breath and within three breaths, you've actually dropped down two levels back to a six and you're able to keep going. And so there's no disruption. It's not a start and stop method. Although right. when, when you're learning this and you're learning how to turn your attention towards your asshole and actually drop down the arousal curve, which for most early ejaculators, they've never done. They've never gone up the arousal curve and come back down because they just fly from a right one to a 10. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 
And so it's really, really learning how to track the body, be in the body, separate that anxiety from the arousal, and then learn how to move up and down with control. And mm. for a lot of people, coming down is they they never even thought about it as a concept. Like, right? It's so such an interesting thing. And sometimes they you'll you'll shoot down the arousal curve and you'll go past that four where you can actually you know have a hard enough cock where most people think is like the you've you've got to be and they might go from like a six all the way down to a one and then panic because oh no i'm not hard anymore what's my partner gonna think and then they tighten and then they fly back up and go right into orgasm (laughs) right 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 now is is arousal curve when you're using this this term arousal curve like is that is that synonymous with with like like an erect like like uh, like erection state, mm-hmm. like is that is that basically what you're talking mm-hmm. about, like yeah. like specifically, or is is more mm-hmm. all encompassing with like the entire the entire um, uh, like arousal in as a as a state of being, or are we are we um, like so more actually, so I, talking I, about like the actual hardness of a cock from like zero to ten? So yeah, so when I talk about arousal, I talk about the actual hardness of your cock. There's okay, also okay. a desire curve which can be separated from your arousal curve, actually. So there's desire, which is like, how bad do you want this? How turned are you on? Mm. How turned on are you? And then there's the anxiety curve, which is like physically, how hard is your cock? And oftentimes, actually, anxiety, the anxiety curve sits between those two and sort mm. of dictates and sort of separates them. And so they're, they're not actually functioning together. So you may have really strong desire for your partner, but your arousal is at, you know, a, a two, or it could even mm-hmm. be the other way around. Your arousal could be at a nine, but your desire is not even on board. It's like right. it's not even a pleasurable experience. Yeah. And then just to wrap this up, and I'll answer all your guys your your questions. But step five is learning how to spread the erotic energy through your body. So our genitals are the pleasure center of our body. So your cock is the pleasure center of your body. And when you're in the experience of arousal. Um, that fifth step is really learning how to let it move through your system, almost like mm-hmm. dye in water. And so there's not this over concentration or this over focus in just one area. It's letting your whole body come in. And so there's the, the, the opportunities and the possibilities for full body orgasm to start to happen, which I think a lot of men um, don't think about for themselves. You know, women, we have in some ways we have this luxury where there's no pressure on us to maintain an erection. There's no pressure on us to be a certain level of arousal for a certain extended period of time. So we can go into our pleasure and we can also have many, many layers and peaks. Um, mm. And so really it's about like seeping, being able to really be in the moment and letting that erotic energy move through the whole system. So when you choose to move to release, the whole body is actually getting to move towards that. The thing I really love about this is that it's, um, you know, it, it's clearly a, a, an exercise in just being far more mindful about the sex that you're having, right? Like, Absolutely. Like this, this um, you know, so I, I know that you've, you've created like a, a, a video series mm-hmm. that uh, people can sign up for um, that goes into all of this, mm-hmm. uh, where you teach the like the five step system. Um, for lasting longer, but I, I feel like this would be something that would be beneficial to even, even, even someone who doesn't feel like they have premature ejaculation or, or early ejaculation. Like, I feel like this is just a, 
a great way to change the way that you approach sex in a really like mindful and like mm-hmm. wholehearted and mm-hmm. and fully like fully present way mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um that that comment that there's a quote that bridie says you know a thousand times over on this on the show but um sex is not a thing that you a thing that you do but it's a place that you go mm. uh that esther perel cl- that. quote yeah um like that this is just a great it seems like a really great tool to to allow yourself to find to tap into your own process of like going to that place mm-hmm. as opposed to it just being this thing that you do and and trying to like trying to overcome and mm-hmm. like you know make sure that you don't get to the peak of that mountain too quick and mm-hmm. uh, you know i uh it's it sounds sounds really like have you had what has been the response from people who've who've uh who've signed up for the video series or who've you who you've actually like taught this five-step program to mm-hmm. yeah well i mean i'll start with just the experience of, of filming it because um i have some friends in hollywood and they got me this great crew and we did this whole thing with these fancy cameras to, to film this this um video course series and you know the the you know, my, my desire to film it came from, I've just had so many people contacting me needing help. And I, I, I actually couldn't work with everybody. It just, it was, I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed. And so I was like, okay, well I'll make this, this video course so that everyone just has the access when they need it at home. And it can make it much more affordable for people as well. And in the process of filming, um, the crew is mostly men. And, you know, at first they were a little, you know, sheepish and shy. And then one of them came out saying that they also struggled with early ejaculation. And then through the end of it, I mean, they were all like, you know, on the edge of their seats as we're filming in these, on a film set, you're there for like hours and hours and hours and filming twice. And <laughs> yeah, they were all yeah. just like waiting to learn the, the next, the next step, the next piece of advice, the next thing to do. <laughs> That's really funny. Even though they didn't struggle with early ejaculation, because they just felt like, wow, like this is really, really helpful and I can really connect with my body. And if I can learn how to be with my mm-hmm. body and my pleasure, then I'm going to be able to show up in such a different way for, for the people that I'm, I choose to have sex with. Um, and that was actually such a great reward because I had never really ran through this program with folks necessarily that weren't struggling with early ejaculation per se. Um, so that was great to, to feel that it was really valuable for people just in general, or men just in general. Mm-hmm. And then the feedback from the course, the feedback I mostly get from folks is like, why didn't you come out with this sooner? Can you make your name bigger so more men know about this? Um, One guy was like, you should win the Nobel Peace Prize. If people could just enjoy their bodies and have great sex, there'll be less war. Um, I said, feel free to nominate me. Um, So um, the feedback has actually been really, really rewarding. And I I feel really lucky. that I've been able to work with enough people that I can sort of foresee um, where people might get stuck and have the knowledge to help guide them. Because I I truly feel like, while the internet is wonderful and great and it's allowing us to communicate right now, even as we're in a, you know, a shutdown during a pandemic, um, there's just a lot of information out there that's based on one person's experience. Yeah. And, um, I quickly realized when I decided like, oh, I guess I'll just do this one thing that there's so many unique experiences for men that that struggle with early ejaculation. Like there's this five step model that fits mostly everyone. Um, 
but there's so many different things to look out for along the way in areas and places to get stuck or trapped. Hmm. How did you, how did you put all this together? Like what was the process of, what was the process of, of creating that five step Mm -hmm. program? Well, I started with the bare bones model from a woman named Barbara Kiesling. She wrote an incredible book called sexual healing. Um, she was a, a sex surrogate, um, trained through Masters and Johnson, lived in the East Bay. Um, and so I started with her book, which if any of your readers are just looking for a great book around erotic healing, her book is really, really incredible. And so I started sort of with like her basic framework of early ejaculation. And I was like, okay, I'm going to work with this, with, with people through, through this model. And then I just started expanding um, Somatic, somatic, which just means listening to the body or being with the body has always been the model in which I've chosen to work with people. When it comes to sexuality, our sexual expression comes through our systems. And my experience of, of riding horses competitively really allows me to notice and see and check in and feel things in a very subtle way. And so as I was working with men around this, I just started to feel things and ask questions and get feedback and eventually sort of just came down to like, oh, this is, this is really important. This has to be in here. This has to be step one. This has to be step two. Mm. And I actually talk about it like building a house. And so the first step is like clearing the land, which is just getting the theory and the knowledge of what we're doing. And then building a really, really strong foundation is like the most important part. So if we can have a strong foundation and there's these basic tools that you can always go to, then you'll always have something to fall back on. And then the next step is building the walls. And then I talk about with clients, like their, their final step is putting the roof on. And if they have a strong enough foundation that nothing can happen to that, and we build really, really strong walls, even if the roof collapses a few times, like they're not going to just go back to nothing. Right. They still have these pieces they can pull back to. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm wondering about uh, folks having um, vaginal orgasms, because mm-hmm. sometimes I, I feel like, Oh, I wish I didn't, I wish I didn't, uh, I wish I had been able to reel that back. Like, oh, I wish uh-huh. I'd been able to like go down that arousal curve mm-hmm. An, mm-hmm. a moment. But then, but now that I'm thinking about it, now that I'm saying it, I'm wondering about, but then what if the goal, not goal in quotation marks, but what if, what if my, what I want to learn is multiple orgasms. Maybe I'm supposed to go past that point mm-hmm. and then keep on going. So how does how does this apply? How does this apply in in um, for people with vaginas? <laughs> um, interestingly enough, you know, I've never really had someone ask me that question. That's great. Um, I I will admit I'm a delayed ejaculator, so my experience of getting to orgasm is actually one in where it takes a very very long time. So when my orgasms come rolling through, I let them and they will continue to roll through in, the, in that multiple realm. But so is it more like you're not wanting to peak or you're wanting to hold on to it or what happens? Yeah, no, it would be it would be the desire to just like keep the pleasure going, not to not to peak and then and mm-hmm. go down the other side of that because um, uh, yeah. Do you feel like a, do you feel a big drop after the peak? I do. Yeah. Yeah. And not, it, it, not huge, not, and not immediate, but mm-hmm. things definitely have to sort of switch gears. I haven't, I don't know. Cause I haven't really been that far on the other side of it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I've never, I've never, well, I've probably orgasmed. I've probably had double orgasms before, but I don't, mm-hmm. not, nothing like 
I've never had that experience of like, oh, this is what all the mythology is about. <laughs> I mean, I have no reason to doubt that learning the anal breath and being able to track inside of your body and just notice what's happening. It's, I imagine that the biggest trick or the, the key that you would want to learn is how to breathe down that arousal curve, which would be that connection to the anal breath and learning mm -hmm. how to actually come down. And then you could balance that off. I'm, I mean, there would be no reason that wouldn't work for, for a female body too. I, I mean, I'm going to do it. So yeah. I'll let you know. You have to report back. <laughs> well, I we can make a whole program for, for women on it. <laughs> you got your work. That. You got your work cut out for you. Yeah, if we're gonna go down the women's orgasm, then we're gonna have to make a couple a couple videos for sure. <laughs> <laughs> have you been um, on that that OMGS uh, website? Have you I seen have. it? I have. It's a great website. Okay, cool. Great. Yeah, it is very cool. Yeah, yeah. It's very it's very mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, speaking of websites, how can people uh, how can people see what you are up to? How can people how can people get their hands on this uh, five step video course? Um, tell people where they can find your stuff. Yeah, so you can find it on my website, which is keelyrankin.com. com. Keely is K E E L E Y R A N K I N. And if you're specifically looking for the course, it's backslash P E course. Right, back P E being uh, yeah P E for premature ejaculation course yeah. But it's pretty easy, so pretty easy to find it if you navigate from there. Yeah. Well, this is uh, I, I really love this conversation. It was um, it's made me, uh, you know, like I'm I I've been sitting here in this like quarantine uh, with I feel like, you know, anticipating like when's the next time I'm going to be physically intimate with somebody else. And what the little voice in my head that always is there while I'm having that conversation with myself is. And I wonder, like, if I'm going to even, like, Make I'm probably it. just going to, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm probably, I, I'll probably just come when I see a person that's closer than six feet to me. Um, uh, so I'm feeling like, uh, you know, I, may, I maybe have a little bit more of the tools to kind of work myself into feeling a little more confident for when, when this all does lift and I do get to uh, have my my body touch somebody else's body that I won't uh, just blow my load in 10 seconds. So mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's exciting. That's uh, very exciting. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Keely, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day today to okay, sit down and, and hang out with us. This was really fun. Yeah. Such a pleasure. Thank you and, so much. And um, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we will be back next week as we always are with another fantastic conversation. Um, but in the meantime, if you want to help us out, please head on over to Apple podcasts and leave a, a rating and a review and hit the subscribe button and, uh, tell three strangers, um, that you see walking outside your house that, uh, you, you, they, they should do the exact same thing. You know, just tell them, Hey, you're bored. You got nothing to do when you go home, go listen to turn me on podcast. Uh, and if you want to support us, you can also do that on Patreon, patreon.com slash turn me on. Um, lots of uh, exclusive content there and, and uh, we'd, we'd love the support. Uh, Bridie, you want to yeah. you want a bit of info? Yeah, you want to email us? Um, go ahead at turnmeonpodcast at gmail.com. Go ahead. Dare, we dare you. <laughs> we've, actually, I've, we've actually been getting a little more mail than usual lately and I'm really excited about it. And, and I think... Um, if you want to be a guest on the show, now is a great time because we can interview you from wherever you happen to be world, in the world. We're on the Termion World Tour. We're, yep. on, we're in fucking San, San Francisco right now, man. Bay Area, what's up? We're, you know, we're, who knows where we'll be next? 
popping up in your neighborhood. Um, so <laughs> uh, do that, or you can fill out the form on our website, turnmeonpodcast.com. Uh, uh, I got distracted there because I don't want to forget, we forgot the last couple of episodes, but did you know that if you want transcripts of this podcast, you can find them uh, on thisson.co. That's T-H-I-S-T-E-N.co. Um, where they're, they're providing transcripts for people to be able to read our, our podcast. Uh, amazing. Well, thank you again. And that is it for this week. Until next week. Go fuck yourself. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 